Alrighty, guys, how's it going? Uh, welcome to the sixth episode of the Zoopcast. I am Adam Copeland, joined as always by Louis Boulet. Uh, unfortunately, Josh could not be here, um, so it's just going to be us two running the show for today. Um, got a, we got a few things to get to. Not as busy of a week, um, no. as a, you know, with respect to free agent signings, that's kind of dying down. But uh, I guess a big, well, it, I mean, it's still a free agent piece of news when you really think about it. I, I mean, yeah. Henrik Lundqvist was a free agent, and yep. then his contract with the Capitals <laughs> expired. It expired. He was a free agent, and he retired, um, which was big news. Obviously, Henrik Lundqvist, kind of like you know, if you're around our age or a little older, you grew up and like Henrik Lundqvist was like always there, right? Yeah. Like every top, like you knew he was one of the best, and he was so consistent. He was always one of the best. You know, when you're playing the Rangers, like oh, there's Lundqvist in that. Um, but yeah, so he retires. His number's gonna get retired too, I think they announced. Um, yeah, this season, which is so nice that's, to see. It's cool because so when you think, it got me thinking a little bit because when you think of like so obviously the Sens have retired, like Alfie's number and Phillips' number, and they obviously didn't win a cup, but the Sens are like twenty five years old, right? So it's not yeah. really the same stature. Henrik Lundqvist never won a cup, in with an original six team, and he's getting his number retired. I think it's the right call. I think he absolutely should Definitely. get his number retired. I've seen a lot of people being like, he doesn't deserve, you know, to get his number retired. He wasn't even that good. He didn't even win a cup, which I think is garbage. I think Lundqvist was fantastic. I saw like, there was a tweet, right? That, so did you see this tweet that everyone was like freaking out about? Oh, the like, Patrick Bacon tweet? Yeah, it was like some analytics oh, guy. I, I, yeah. I mean, we are analytics advocates on this podcast, we should say. But mm. it was something like, I don't remember the, the full thing, but it was like, Henrik Lundqvist was just like one of the most overrated goalies ever. And yeah. then he just got dunked on, I think, by, like, everyone. Yeah, well, the thing is, the way he framed that tweet, like, he, I, I understand what he was trying to say in terms of the score of keeping bias, especially at Madison Square Garden. I don't know if they've gotten, like, they must have gotten better over the last few years, but it's it hasn't been very good, especially compared to the rest of the league. And they've ended up marking shots closer to the net, which... Can you explain up... exactly what the scorekeeper's bias is for people that might not know what you're talking about? Yeah, uh, so scorekeeper bias is basically... Uh, in different rinks, shots and hits can be recorded differently, whether it's the position or what they count as an actual shot or hit. Right. So let's say some 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 uh, arenas might count, I guess, less physical, um, I guess, checks as hits, while others might be more demanding and actually nece- necessitate a guy to completely lay out in order right. to be counted as a hit. And in terms of shots. Uh, it's just some just won't be very good at marking exactly where the shot was. So Madison Square Garden has earned the reputation of marking their shots a little bit closer to the nets than they actually are. <laughs> so that inflates the expected goal of a shot a little right, more yeah. than it actually should. So, so it what, makes the goalie's numbers look a little better. Yeah, exactly. So I'm pretty sure that's what it seems like. That's what Patrick Bacon was trying to say with this tweet. Um, I don't agree with him saying, oh, he's more closer to average after all that. It's just like, it's such a minute, it's such like a, like an insignificant 
thing to yeah it right like it seems like if it's just off by like what a couple centimeters or whatever it is or like maybe an inch or two yeah sure it'll i guess in the long run when you face that many shots in that ring it's going to affect the expected goals but like point still like he was incredible for that team oh definitely he was one of the best like one of the best goalies of, of this era like from what yeah when he got i to agree. Like 2005 he got a 922 in his first season that's unheard he, of that might never happen again honestly like that's yeah. crazy well to be fair back then goals were a little it was less. dead puck era i guess but yeah well it was end of dead puck and era. yeah sure just after lockout but yeah I, like i understand was what bacon was trying to say but still he's absolutely elite like i've done some work with scorekeeper bias and trying to account for that and mm-hmm. monkwist is still an incredible goalie um the the crazy amount of consistency that he displayed in terms of just basic stats and analytical advanced stats yeah was unheard of like goalies as we say you can never predict what they're gonna do like even when it seemed like bobrovsky was one of the more consistently good like always a possible vesna guy he gets to he gets to florida and now he's awful or you just have goalies that just bounce back and like up and down from like great seasons to poor seasons. Lundqvist was always up there. He was always like top yeah. three in terms of goal saved above expected. Yeah. And even towards the end of his career, I think he had a couple seasons where he went back down to like maybe around tenth. Ooh. Yeah. And right. Then he Ooh. rocketed <laughs> back up to top five. It's he was incredible. Very like very lovable player. Like yeah, you know, really good good guy too. I know he does a lot of work in that community. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and his game I mean, seven stats were insane. Yeah, and I'm just looking at I'm looking at his numbers right now. I mean, obviously this is not an advanced stat, but it still means something when it's this consistent. So in his last, besides his last two years, when the Rangers were not very good, besides his last two years in the league, his lowest save percentage was a nine ten, which yeah. is that's pretty insane. Like that's pretty crazy. Like he's consistently nine twenty above. Like maybe he'll dip down to nine seventeen or sixteen one year, which I mean a lot of teams will take that, right? Like that's just incredibly consistent goaltending and yeah, then most obviously of the time he was a 920 something ex- yeah exactly and then you know and the, and the last two years of his career the team wasn't very good and maybe he was feeling some effects of aging but i mean and he was sharing the crease with your yeah stuff, it, right? it was a tough situation for him near the end but i mean he was remarkably consistent and he was a staple like not even just on the ice but like you just think of the rangers and it's like that's henrik Lundqvist's team i feel like you think of swedish goaltending and you think of like he's one of the best swedish players of all time yeah 100 percent internationally he won the gold medal right with what on that sweden team in 2006 i think he was the. i think so he also won the i don't know if you saw the clip of him i think it was in a shootout against canada in the 2017 world championships um, where he stopped a Mitch Marner, <laughs> Mitch Marner shootout yeah. attempt, yeah, and yeah, yeah. William ne- William Nylander, Nylander jumped came in. running on. Was yeah, funny. exactly. But yeah, so he was super clutch. Like his record in Game Sevens, he was six and one with a nine sixty seven and a zero point nine eight GAA. It's like nuts, man. It's just crazy. It's insane. Like nine fifty four in elimination games in nineteen. Th- like wow. It's nuts. And I think the crazier part is the only one one Vesna, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That's crazy. 2012, he won one Vesna, which seems like insane. I mean, 2012. He had a lot of nominations, best. though. Yes, he had a lot of. No- 2012 was his best year statistically, I think. Um, he had a 929, which is, I mean, yeah. that's that's nuts. But yeah, he had a goals against under two, which is also crazy. That was the year they went to the finals, I believe, right? Because then is that the year they beat Ottawa? I think in the first round, right? Might have been, yeah. Because that 2012, they beat so. Hey, could you imagine that if the Rangers didn't beat Ottawa? It was a game seven. It was a game seven. Yeah. And Chris Neal was good in that series. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Good. Well, we'll reminisce about that another time. But Henrik Lundqvist <laughs> retires. 
technically as a capital, which is stupid. But he never played a game for the Caps, though. Yeah, that's so. true. But he was under contract, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But he he will be known as a lifelong Ranger. I don't think that's going anywhere. Um, Definitely. I love that so. he's getting retired right away. Yes, like, I think that's the right move. When you have that I, good of a player who spent his entire technically his entire career with the org, yeah, you got to honor him. He's a staple time. of the franchise. You have to put him up there. They, they would be like shun if he didn't get a number retired. You have to retire his number, and I yeah. think they made the right call with that. So. So uh, happy trails to Henrik Lundqvist. Hopefully, I think he's healthy now, I think. Is he? Or is he I'm pretty healthy? sure, yeah, because I, I, I follow him on Instagram and everything. I remember following some of the updates that right. he had over there about his uh, his heart surgery, right? And apparently he's had that, that issue for a while now, and they've been mm. monitoring it with the Rangers, and it just never got to a point where they needed surgery. Right. And then it just so happens that last year, well, I guess the condition worsened. Yeah. yeah. So we hope, uh, we wish him the best in retirement, obviously. and. Uh, That'll be all for Henrik Lundqvist's tenure in the NHL. So uh, moving on from that to another goalie, as we when we'll talk. I mean, I guess another goalie who retired, Pekka Rinne, earlier this offseason retired, and that opens up the crease. Ted opens up the crease in Nashville, but I mean, I think everyone kind of knew what was coming. UC Saros is going to take the net and be the starter there. Um, there was no debate about that. Um, he signed a new contract. Uh, five million for four years. Um, for Star, who's kind of kind of been playing, he's been very underrated. I feel like in past years, just because he's playing under like Hecka Rene's wing, that's a pretty big name. Like that's a pretty big shadow that you're playing under. Um, but this is a this is a pretty decently sized commitment by the team for four years. Um, five million for a goalie is not a crazy number. It's not super cheap. We've seen guys like Mrazek and Frederick Anderson go for under four million. Um, but uh, Louis, what are your thoughts quickly on uh, on Soros and Nashville? I feel like he was one of, he was one of the most overlooked uh, good goalies in the league last year. Um, he had what a nine twenty seven, I believe. Yeah, something uh, crazy. Very good, very good numbers. And even then, his analytics, like his goals hit above expected. He was like, I think he was one of the best five on five goalies uh, in terms of stopping expected goals league wide. And I think it's it's cool because that team was not very good. Like, yeah, exactly. That, like they, he had to be good, or else I don't think they would have made the playoffs. They even gave Carolina a bit of a scare in that first round too. Yeah, for sure. And oh yeah, they made the playoffs. Oh my god. Their their blue line was like, was Yossi injured? I don't even know if Yossi was Yossi injured. He might have played, but they had Eric and Branson. They had Ben Harper. They had Boro. Boro didn't play, but he was technically he played a little, didn't he? Not in the playoffs. Definitely oh, okay. not in the playoffs. Right, right. But he yeah. he was injured very early in the year. They have like just a bunch of like guys I've never heard of on team, and and then UC Saros is in there keeping them in every game. So he's definitely. Yeah, I think you're right when you say he's been a little bit overlooked. Yeah, the only real thing with him is like his five on five play was exceptional and stuff. Um, what's weird is he goes from being one of the best goalies in the league at five on five to being one of the worst on the penalty kill. <laughs> Which is that's like what do you explain that? Like that's I don't just get it. weird. Like and it's funny because though it's see it's completely inverted. You look at his five on five and just all around stats his like regular analytics are very, very good. His high danger, medium danger, and low danger, whether no matter where the puck is being shot from, he's excellent at stopping them. But his rebound control was subpar. Then you look at his penalty kill stats, his rebound control is the best attribute on the penalty kill, <laughs> and everything else is lower. So I, goalies are voodoo, man. Goalies are We've said this, and we will say it again. Goalies are voodoo. It doesn't matter what the stats say. They don't even really matter. 
It, uh, it, I would not be surprised. I mean, we all know Matt Murray struggled. Maybe he puts up a 950 next year. I wouldn't yeah. be totally surprised. To be Maybe he repeats the last five games that he had and just posts like shutout 40% of the yeah, season coming exactly. up. You know? I, I personally would be okay with that, but yeah, we'll see what he's got up his sleeve. But yeah, so Soros starting goalie with Nashville gets a nice new contract. Yeah, and honestly, goal. like that's the kind of contract you want, I feel, for a goalie who's been so good. You don't want to go too crazy for term or too crazy yeah. for cap it. Five million, four years for a goalie that's performed so well. Plus, yeah. like he's one of the few goalies under six feet, I believe, isn't he? Five eleven. Yeah, he is. Oh, oh my yeah. God. He, he, Which you don't, and you don't see that a lot anymore. At all. No, and to see him thrive, like that's that's great news for all like the Cedric Andres out there and everything. <laughs> yeah. Who they don't want to jinx it. Yeah, they're goalies with you know great vision, great angles, and all that stuff, and it's nice to see that work. Well, because when you're that small, you need to be good at the other yes. stuff, right? Because you got guys exactly. like Bishop, and I'm not saying Bishop is a bad technical goalie, but Ben Bishop is like so is he six seven, like he can kind of get away with it if he's in position because he's as long so as tall. he has the athleticism to get back, exactly. Exactly, but then you got these smaller guys that need a they have more net to cover with their skill and their ang- and their angles yeah. and their technical skills. So, um. So yeah, very middle of the road kind of contract, no risk really. It's not a huge commitment, not a huge dollar commitment to a guy that has performed very, very well. So we'll see how uh, UC Sar does in Nashville now that Renee's gone. Who's their backup? Do they have a Connor backup? Ingram. I don't even know who that is. I th- uh, he was, I think he was a Lightning guy. He actually has put pretty, put up pretty great numbers in the AHL um, over the last few years. And I that's believe. weird because usually goalies do not perform well in the AHL. We saw that with Gustafson. Yeah, Where? he had a. Oh, actually, he was awful last year. Yeah, the year before, okay. he had a 930. Oh, well, no, last year he played five games. Ignore that. Um, but he had a 933 in 2019 20 in the A. He's 24. Yeah, he was third round pick by the Lightning. I thought yeah. he played at the World Juniors or was a backup, he, maybe. He might have. He was on the team. Yeah. He might have been on the team. Oh, but... wait, no, he played one year. Uh, he, he One year, four games. 833. Very, e. very, very nice backup goaltending stats. Yeah, 2017 World Juniors, which I don't remember what happened that year. I, I, you would know more. You would know better than me. Was that the year that Shabbat? Oh, is that the year that they lost to uh, the U.S. in the shootout? I thought that in... might have been the year after, but I might be wrong. No, 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 because oh no, because 2018 was the year that Steve Bergen happened. Then 2019. 19 was uh. uh... I know that one. I don't know that one. I know it, <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, and then 2020 was Akil Thomas. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was the year they lost. That That's when they had Carter Hart then, I think. That's who they're starting. Anyway, with. we're spending way too much time on Connor Ingram. Yes, yeah. Point is, he is the backup. He's the backup, and he's a real person, and he played, and he has good stats and bad stats, and there he is. So we will move on to a more familiar team, I guess, for Sens fans, because they saw them a lot last year. Uh, Calgary re-signed a couple players. I mean, one of them was technically re-signing, but they, he's never played for the teams at Orov. He just kind of got the qual. Was it a qualifying offer or was it an arbitration at Orov? I think it was just a settlement outside arbitration. Okay. So yeah, yeah. That's what I thought too. So they get Zadorov and they get Yusuf Valimak. He was a young defenseman for them. Um, this team is weird, man. I, I've like, like I've, I, I have friends that are Flames fans and we talk about it sometimes, but like, they were like in standings wise very bad last year. Like they didn't finish very well in that very yeah. weak division. Like this, I think the Sens almost kind of got past them near the end. Um, and they it also close, they yeah. lost the Sens like six times. Like that you can't come <laughs> on. You're, that's not real. Yeah. So Calgary now goes from 
a terrible North Division to a possibly worse Pacific Division. Mm-hmm. And you can make the argument that they got better in the offseason. I like Blake Coleman. I think that's a, he's a good he's gonna be a good player for them. I'm not very yeah. high on Zadorhov, um, but he exists. And Valamaki yeah. pretty good way to describe his play style, honestly. He exists because he's a guy who's very defensive focused with very little offensive yeah, contributions. Exactly. So he is there and nothing happens yeah, when he's on the ice exactly. except him taking penalties. And I think the contract was what, a year with at like three point something or two point seven. Yeah, three point seven one year. Yeah, so it's not a lot of risk in that move. But uh I know that they like Valamaki there because I think that there was yes. there was a rumor, I think this was true because when the Sens were trading Stone, the Flames were in yeah. on Stone, but they didn't want to give up Yuso Valimak. They really, really like Yuso Valimak. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure he's still great, but I'm sure they're probably <laughs> looking at Mark Stone or like, man, we probably could have parted ways with Yuso Valimaki for Mark Stone. But uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Branstrom's not too bad either. But we'll see that, like, okay, so we i feel like we talk about the pacific division every time we do an episode because it's so stupid it's so stupid Look at, okay yeah. let's go through the standings from bottom up the three california teams suck they will the only one who i could see possibly doing anything is maybe la if they integrate some youth and they yeah perform if like well. byfield takes the yeah, or like turcot and... or something but the odds of that happening and like they need Cal Peterson to do well yeah too. And, yeah and you know the odds of that turning out exactly how they want it is not high so I'm gonna for hypothetical purposes they're the bottom three teams let's just say yeah. so that leaves bank the three Canadian teams Vegas will finish first that's gonna happen there's no almost a given yeah and then Seattle so Calgary got slightly better I, I I'll, let's say that they got slightly better by getting Coleman and Zador, what does they do anything else? They lost Derek Ryan. Yeah, I was about to say, who did they lose? They lost Derek Ryan, who's a decent bottom six player, and I think that honestly might be it. I don't know who else they lost. Oh, they lost Giordano. Oh my god, yeah. So, yeah, so they're well, he was, I mean, that's to a be, big to loss. Be fair, is he is he's kind of a declining player? I mean, he's still, oh, he is, but he's still good. good, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they lost, okay, so they lose Giordano, but and so their defense might be a little thin now, I guess. Because he was, yeah. who's gonna play well, top I mean, pair? They got the door off The Giordano replacement is Nikita's door off, and that's apparently the plan for success. Well, the thing is, they're deep, and they have a lot of prospects there. Yeah, right? Zary, like, Peltier, Giordano's gone. And, uh, yeah, they got. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like especially on defense, like I'm, I'm very high on Valimaki. I yeah, like. Yeah, people. Yeah, he's, he's quite. They, good. they should have given up, given him up if they could have gotten Stone. Well, but that's like you say that about almost any prospect in the league. Yes, stage. exactly. But um, yeah, Valimaki is a defenseman. I because I was watching some of the Ilves games for uh to watch Robbie Arvanti at the beginning of the season yeah and he was on that team he was really good I think Valimaki. he was a point per game defenseman yeah it's crazy in the Liga as a what how like old 21 22 22 22 year sure. old he just turned 22 this this year um but yeah he he's got a lot of potential um it's gonna be hard to fill in Giordano's shoe yeah. like he, as you said he was a decline player but he was still very solid like in every aspect and it's just like game. he represented a lot of that team too just yeah exactly he was the captain um, like he was you know like he's, he'd been there for a while um, yeah and sure he only had one year left but still like with a player like that you hope you can keep him and didn't he win the norris like not too long he won the norris like two seasons ago i think that's insane which is yeah. at his age is pretty crazy um because he had a mm-hmm. really good year or maybe it was more than yeah. two years ago what do i know but anyway. exactly but now now they have what they got valimaki step up um maybe rasmus anderson can keep getting better 
I don't know what the deal is, is with Oliver Shillington, but I think he has some potential. He should probably play in that lineup. Yeah, like, well, especially now. Yeah, like who? Like because I know that they were mad. Flames fans were mad because when Sutter came, he was playing Michael Stone over Shillington and like other guys, and Michael Stone is terrible. Like that guy is not a good hockey player. And yeah. but he was like he's very like Daryl Sutter's player. That's the other thing that I think Michael. I think that my, that I think yeah. Michael the Flames back as their coach is like so stubborn and it's he's so old he's like he's such a weird hiring he's like, like he's so like stuck in his way like he, you know what i mean like he he will do mm-hmm. he will go about his business his way and if it doesn't work too bad like so i mean it, it depends a lot on how they do under him if they buy in and do well under Sutter, i think i think they can make the playoffs and maybe win a round or two but i mean you look at the other teams yeah. in that division i think edmonton will make the playoffs solely on mcdavid and drysdale which they seem to do every year and they've been good in the regular season over the last yeah years, just, you know i mean but, but they got worse this year oh my god yeah you're you're right i forgot about that like we talked about their defense we've talked about this they got they have the worst defense in the league. like they actively yeah, it's them in vancouver but it's the fact that they actively went out of their way to get the worst defense in the league like they didn't <laughs> have to get any they of paid players. up to do it yeah and so they're that they might they won't win around i'm convinced there's gonna be so many goals scored in this division oh, like Jesus. vegas is gonna feast because you have edmonton's defense with cc barry nurse like barry who's like whatever he can be fine offensively but then you got keith and then nurse and everything and they traded bear um, they don't have bear anymore yeah like what and caleb jones yeah. like bye um but then yeah and then you have all the three california teams you got vancouver's defense with like tucker pullman for four years 2.5 million Ekman larson and tyler myers is going to be a pair i think oh my god yeah <laughs> it, oh, it's vegas is just gonna, vegas abs- is gonna like be... stone's gonna put up like 150 points you know yeah, yeah it's gonna be nuts and then yeah i mean seattle is is there i i think that they could have built their team a little better but like with that like yeah, that definitely. division i mean i wouldn't be shocked if they got the third the thing about that division is there's not going to be wild cards from that division so you, oh, there's no you chance. need to finish top three. One of those spots is Vegas, probably first. And then mm-hmm. that leaves Seattle, Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton to fight for two spots. That's going to be like a slugfest. And the thing that's funny about how the playoffs work is the two teams that get in will play each other because oh my God. Yeah, the, one, one of them is, is going to go to the oh. second round. So that's oh, going to be no. and then they are going to get annihilated by whoever they play like colorado oh my god yeah. it's gonna be insane so have this so the so the mickey mouse division is now the pacific division we that label yes. is off the north never see it again it's gone pacific division i'll be watching a lot of those games that's gonna be funny but uh but yeah so we'll see how our canadian western friends do under new circumstances but that'll be a funky division and we'll see what happens um Quickly, before we get into our next, we should probably move on because, I mean, Kevin Fiala signs in Minnesota for a year, uh, $5 million, and Travis Sanheim gets 4.6 for two years in Philadelphia. Any quick thoughts on those two signings before we move on? Um, not too, too much. I'm just, I'm a big fan of Fiala's. Uh, I'm pretty sure this brings him, he still has arbitration rights and is an RFA next year. Um, so that's good. That's good to see. Yeah, he he just had a really bad finishing year and like, and his defense has kind of dropped off a little bit since 2018. Right. But he's still been a very solid offensive driver and producer in general. As for Sanheim, I was a little surprised by the, uh, just the whole contract in general, because it brings him right to UFA, which you really don't see much no. for a player. Like 
usually for this you'd see either more years or just one year right right that way you could still be an rfa or something like a super small but, bridge yeah exactly just like a, one last little show me thing like the sense of the stone and which on, worked out you know, super super well we know how that worked out yeah, yeah. yeah exactly but um yeah it, i thought it was a lot of terms then again gauging uh philadelphia last year with the goaltending hell that's been going on carter hart's gotta have a heck of a year yeah i'm pretty sure sandheim i think i have it here but sandheim had the worst on ice goal saved above expect so he had the worst goaltending actually there's like he got like out he got on a pdo like crab fest pretty much right yeah there's seven there's seven flyers players on this page of like half of the bottom 15 is all flyers (laughs) and there's there's some sends in there like you got austin watson like right there you go and zaisev because of course but yeah sandheim He's not bad. Uh, drives offense pretty well. Okay defensively, and you know, it might be pretty good. I I don't know. It's, we'll see. It's a we'll see. Philly's a weird team. Philly's a weird yeah, team. Exactly. They got Rizzo Linen, which is hilarious. They like, I don't know. Oh god. That that'll that'll. I mean, talk about a Mickey Mouse division. I think that's probably the Mickey Mouse team of the year. The Flyers, right? I wouldn't be totally like. I mean, there's there's a lot of competitors for that title, but I I wouldn't be shocked if that's uh, they end up doing a lot of weird stuff. But anyway, that's that's it for the RFA signings not too much on that front but uh one other interesting thing that's been going on hockey wise outside the nhl is the women's worlds um i this is a cool tournament i haven't gotten to watch a lot of the games but i was looking at the standings the other day like you're used to seeing like all the same teams like it's canada russia sweden like in men's tournaments at least i'm looking at like the divisions hungary is in the tournament like japan is there denmark is there like that's cool. It's pretty cool to see like these other countries get a little bit of the international hockey spotlight. Um, Louie, I know you've watched a, a little bit of the tournament. Uh, maybe you could update uh, everyone on, on what's been going on with the women's worlds. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure as we're recording this, Canada is playing Russia and it is an absolute, Canada's murdering. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Russian Olympic. Committee. Yes. Let's, uh, we're politically correct on this. Yes, on this of podcast. course. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, last time I checked, it was four nothing Canada. The shots were like thirty five to five. So uh, I think so, they may win that game. Yeah, I, possibly. Possible. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a very, very interesting tournament to watch so far. It's been nice to get some Canadian hockey out. Like anytime there's like high level Canadian hockey, I love to watch that. Right, and it's nice to see because you got uh, Marie Philippe Poulain, who pretty much everyone knows. Yes, regardless, yes. she's she's like the the Crosby Taves equivalent. She's super clutch and everything right she's just she had a lot of injury issues in the last few years but it seems like she's back to her normal ways like she's the she's the person you can rely on she's super clutch and she'll do everything on the ice and then what i found really interesting is sarah fillier who's uh i I don't know if she's the youngest she's one of the younger players and she's just so dynamic to watch Mm -hmm. like she's just an absolute she's an offensive weapon i'm pretty sure she took the year off um because there's no ivy league Oh, uh, so going she's, on she's and, like a college player yeah, yeah exactly so anyways it she took the year off and she was just working um with some other uh professional players and man she's she, really died she in. learned a she's bit so I fun guess. to watch yeah yeah exactly so she's do got these the skating got the skill do these players that are i mean obviously you know filier you just said is a college player but do a lot of these players play in the nwhl the uh the women's hockey league there because i don't where else would they play there's not there's not a ton as far as i know there's not a ton of other high profile women's leagues um i feel like it's mostly nwhl and college phwpa for a lot of the canadians yeah yeah that would make sense but then you got some some teams right like 
the, the I, I was watching Japan versus Denmark. Um, and yeah, of course. Um, but dude, talk about fun games. That was that was a very interesting game to watch. Yeah. Man. Like because the expected goals, um, I don't know who had it exactly, but Michael Nahabidian does a lot of great women's hockey analytics mm-hmm. on Twitter. And like the expected goals like over three for both teams, final score was one <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's such a different I wouldn't say it's crazy different, but you can kind of see how different it is in terms of comparing that to like professional men's hockey. Mm-hmm. Whereas the women's is more of a, um, it's more of a methodical cycle based game. Right. Like it's more of a cerebral game where you see less goals coming off the rush and more generated from cycle and forecheck chances. And I think a lot of that might have to do with the fact, I don't know what the exact rule is, but I don't think is body. You can, you can't throw a hip check. I don't know. You can't like, you'll get penalties for body. So, Cause that definitely, but you still see it. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. But that certainly has to play into it. Like I'm sure in, in, in the men's game, you can have a strategy. That's just, if he has the puck, I'm going to kill this guy. But in yeah. the women's game, it's more of, you know, you have to use your stick as a, as a tool, not a weapon. Cause obviously that's a penalty, but you have to use your stick effectively as a tool to get the puck away and, and your speed there's got to be like foot speed is huge obviously in that in that yeah. kind of game where you can't hit anybody um so it, you're right i mean it's it's definitely a little bit of a different game for sure um and it's cool to watch it's a it's a i think it's a really cool yeah. change of pace it's been a nice change of pace yeah, yeah exactly exactly what i was gonna say but yeah it, it's been a lot of fun it's always nice to have hockey on. yes in yeah absolutely don't really um, care who's playing Exactly. And it's nice to see all these different countries. Like, did you see, um, there's a girl on the team, on team Hungary who had a tape job, almost exactly the same as Tim Stutzla. No, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And I think I was, I might be wrong about this, but okay. Yeah. So Hungary, there's a player on the Hungary team who is 15. Oh my God. Which is, really? that's crazy. Isn't it? There's a 16 year old on the Finnish team. Like there's a lot of, like the and and look like there's there's a there's a four foot nine player on Japan, the, the, the you know it's pretty cool because you don't see that in the men's game. No one's playing at four nine. You would not be like you would not. Yeah, exactly. Get into yeah, but here you get the, the opportunities to see yep, that. Absolutely, it's very refreshing. Yeah, I, I think it's got 15 years old just on the national team. Yeah, and you have some players on Team Canada that are like much older. Like I'm trying to see the, the oldest player. I think is 38 in the tournament. That's what I'm looking. Yeah, for. exactly. Like when you have that wide an age gra- age gap in. Uh, in a tournament it's always that's, interesting to see how that shakes out yeah yeah so that's uh so yeah definitely watch a women's world game if you're able to because it's been great hockey um highly recommend I haven't, I haven't caught any of the games live but i've seen a couple highlights and it's uh they look like fun games so i'll try to tune in as best i can but uh, while we're on the topic of international hockey we should mention that there is progress it's always good progress in getting the nhl players to the olympics everybody celebrate the IAHF will pay COVID insurance coverage, which is, that was like a big hurdle for them, I think. Um, yes, because the, the PA announced that they wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Or the NHL. So then someone had to step yeah. up, the uh, IHF had to step up and do it. Um, I mean, it, it seems like they've been going in the right direction for a while. I think, like, I'm pretty ready to say, like, that they're going to play there. Uh, especially now. Especially yeah. now. I mean, they literally, like, you look at the schedule. I was looking at the schedule the other day, just for fun. The NHL season. The Senators play two games in february the second and like the 27th yeah so there's a break there i'm those days right now but there's a break there for the olympics that like they set off a break in the schedule for the purpose of going to the olympics so they want it to happen i would really i think everyone wants it to happen the players want to go um but this is like i'm i really would like them to go like that would be such a fun 
tournament to watch. And I think I was, when you talk about, so we were talking about in the women's tournament, how we get to see other countries get a chance to play. China gets an automatic entry in this tournament. I don't think they have any players in the NHL that they can take for their team. And I also think I will check this just now to make sure, but I think they're in Canada's group. Well, it's like how South Korea got an automatic team uh, when last time it happened. But then again, the NHL players weren't there, right? So, yeah. so the talent discrepancy wasn't as high as it'll be now. Yeah, but we'll see because it's, it's always cool. Okay, so here, here we go. There's, so there's group A, group B, and group C. Three of the, you know, like, so there's four teams in each group. Three of the teams are going to be decided on qualifiers that haven't happened yet. Right. Group A is set. Group A is Canada the US, Germany, and China. So I can't like, okay, so here's like, I get that it's, you're hosting the Olympics and everyone wants to see like the That's home a country. weird group. Yeah, and like, the, you know, the home country wants to see their athletes play. I get that. But like, no offense to Chinese hockey, but it's gonna be like, they cannot play with Canada. I just don't see how that... they can't play with any of these teams. Like, yeah, again, no offense, but I mean, you're I building a program. Batman wants to grow the game there. Yeah. Right? Oh, I mean, but this is this is not the way to do it. This is going to be your country's going to get embarrassed on moments. Because here you got you got Canada, U.S., and the former silver silver medalists. Right? <laughs> yeah, in the in the in the non NHL Olympics. Yes, because they couldn't beat Artem Zub in the finals. Yeah, I mean, who who would, right? I don't even even if they had NHL players, as long as Russia had Zub on their team, I don't think they were going to lose. I'm pretty sure he got a point on both the tying goal in the last minute and on the OT winner. Can't teach that. <laughs> Actually, it might have been just one, but I I'm pretty sure he was involved in both plays. Uh, just say both for the for the benefit of the video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but yeah, I, I, I'm just super excited to actually see. NHL players at the Olympics. I don't think any of us want a repeat of Chris Kelly captaining Team Canada. No, no, I, I don't think or so. We're seeing either. Stefan Elliott lead the blue line. Oh, so the, um, so the so the qualifiers for the um for the other groups. I'm just looking at it right now. Is Slovakia, so that makes sense, and Latvia got in, and Norway got in, which is a weird one. Because they, I think, yeah, I think Norway's only player is Matt Zuccarello from the NHL, right? And he's no match for Latvia's Balser. Rudolf yeah, Balser, that's so. right. So anyway. Game over. But yeah, man, it's been... And they got Zemgis. They got Zemgis. They got Zemgis. Actually, so it's Latvia is the team to beat, I guess, in this tournament. That's what we're, that's <laughs> yeah. what we've decided. That's the Zubcast message for today. Yeah, that, that's the projected uh, gold medalist. You can, it, we predicted the, okay, that's a good segue. Here we go. If you want to talk about predicting the future, I don't know if you. <laughs> yeah. So, last episode was fun. We had a fun time last episode. Yeah, very much. And at one point near the end, you're all a little bit woozy. We wanted it. You know, we were just talking a bunch of stuff. Scott Sabrin's name popped up naturally, as one as it does. He's very yeah. talked about around these parts. We were talking about like how him, Parker Kelly. And who was the third guy? Logan Brown. Logan Brown had like the best single game or like no sample size. Uh, uh, yeah. Three of the best four Corsi shares in the entire league for the season. Regardless like, of sample just happened, size. Regardless of sample size, which makes sense because they, they all, they like all played. Five or less minutes. Yeah, they all played one game and it was like five minutes. Scott Sabrin, literally like the day after we put the episode out, gets signed by Ottawa. They still have Logan Brown technically. 
and Parker. Oh, he's Ke- so gone though. Parker, <laughs> shut up. Parker Kelly's also on the team. That they heard, they heard it. Pierre heard the Zoom cast, and he was like, "We need to get this line in a game." And so he yeah. signed Saber. That's the fourth line. Like we're about to do roster projections. That line, I dude, that line would be such a mess. Oh, like, no, nah, man. Individual courses, you don't understand. The, we were just. We're, I bet. We were, well, why is that the fourth line? It should be first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Stutzel can go down. Kachuk. Stutzel's not playing first line anyway. Yeah. No. So we were. But anyway, he can go to the third. We're good. So you stay. You come for the Zub, and you stay for the predictions of the future on this show. So yeah, we'll we'll try to get more your way. But anyway, so Sabrin Sabrin signed. By the way, in case you didn't catch that, he's on the team. Yeah, now, which is hilarious. I I wonder how they're gonna play him. Man. They won't. Like, is I I'm hoping how? it's just like how an can AHL get, thing. Yeah, it'll where be an if, AHL. If everyone like maybe one game they bring him in to play just because of the, injuries or well, they wanna they want Tom Wilson to back down or something. It'll be stupid. like no, it's what it's what they do every year. It's the Michael Haley thing. They'll play him like three times at the beginning of the year, realize that he cannot play the game, and then they'll like banish to be him. Fair to the though, press didn't box. Haley get ruled out because of an injury? I guess, but I mean, what were the odds that they were gonna play him again? Yeah, and even if he does play. Like, as long as we have all the players we want in the lineup, he'll, he'll just play five minutes, and the, the rest of the... Like, Jason Spezza said it best. It's like, oh, it's not like we're on two extra steps and we're all running heights because, hey, we're getting, we're getting more two minutes done. each tonight. And, it, yeah. I mean, to be fair, right now, the Sens have an open right spot. Like, right? Like, they do. So, right for the top six confirmed. I mean, that's got to be the answer, right? That's clearly what they're looking at with this. But anyway, um, so Sabrin may or may not play. And you'll have to watch and find out. So that'll be fun. Um, mm-hmm. What else happened? Number changes happened. So they're getting NHL numbers. Formington, Pinto, and, and Bernard Dock are getting NHL numbers. That's a good sign. JBD is 24. Pinto is 12. So that's a cool yeah. one. And Formington is 10. Now, I think we should say our favorite Sens players to wear each of these numbers. And 10 is Tom Pyatt. 12, 12 is, is Marion Gap. And yep. 24... <laughs> Who wore 24? Well, Shankov wore 24. Yep, single season most uh, block shots in yeah. a playoff season, playoff run. There you go. So uh, t- somewhere Tom Pyatt is smiling. Somewhere Marion Gabbert is smiling. Doesn't you know what? I bet doesn't Anton Volchenkov still play in the KHL? I actually think he might. There's still. no chance. I, I, I saw. I, I was so. literally looking at this the other day. I was looking at it the other day. Anton Volchenkov. Um, 1920. Oh, he retired after. Oh, man, he played yeah. a while, dude. He got, yeah, so he got two points in 37 KHL games last season. I say we find a better number 24 and we go with either Stefan DaCosta, Victor Stahlberg, or Oscar Lindbergh. Oh, DaCosta's a good one. I don't think he'll beat that one. He, yeah, I don't where's he at? He's, he's, is he KHL still? I think so. I think so. And he, dude, his production He's lighting it up there. Actually I remember there was like a little sense Twitter movement like a year a year and a half ago. They were like, bring Stefan DaCosta back to play in the bottom six because he's actually tearing it up in the KHL. Yeah. I, you know what? Still on the table. Season hasn't started yet. They might have their eye on him. I would be all for that. that. I think I'd, love, I'd love to do it for the meme. But, but he wouldn't be able to wear 24, though. Yeah. And like, just back on the number changes, honestly, I... I'm. I don't know how unpopular of an opinion this is, but I didn't mind 57 and 59. Like they're kind of unique, and 15. That seems like a speedster number. I don't know. When you have a nine and everything, like 59, that just seems it seemed fitting for Formington. And 
I know Pinto loved 12 and 22, and he can't get 22 because Zaitsev has it. Zaitsev has it, yep. But yeah, 57, I didn't mind. And I'm pretty sure he had it because 5 plus 7 equals 12. Yeah, he said he that on the, on the Wally and Mathod show. I think yeah, right. But yeah, but 48, I do agree. That number sucks. So, so good for JBD to get 24. A lot of people like to hate on these like middle of the pack. Num- they call them linebacker numbers. Yeah. I love these numbers. I think Same. I think more players should wear these numbers so that they're like integrated as like like imagine someone imagine the first overall pick. Let's say Shane Wright picks first overall and he's like I want to be 46. And then That's such a bad It's a terrible number. number. And then the team's like all right and then Shane Wright plays his career, Hall of Fame career and they retire 46. Now everyone's going to be like, man, oh, great number 46. Like, what are numbers around that? And then you start getting the 48s, the 52s. Like the Why doesn't no need... one wear 50? I feel like that should be a popular number. number. Yeah, but I mean, unless oh, you're Patrick Seeloff in 2018. <laughs> is, there, is there a 50 in the league right now? I want to bet? I have no idea. Let's bet. Let's, let's do an internet search. Okay. I, I, while I search it, try to think. What the? Jordan Bennington wears 50. Oh, yeah. I should have known Corey that. Crawford wore 50. Okay, so it's goalies. Goalie number. Kaskasuo, Cormier, Kukali, yeah. Prozvatov. Huh. Eric Robinson wore 50 for Columbus. Huh. He's a real player. He's been he's been okay. Yeah, he's been decent this year. Yeah, it's a goal. It seems like it's a goalie number. Oh no. I was gonna there's so there's one other player that wears 87 besides Crosby. Oh, you won't, you won't get this. it. No, you won't. It's this, it's this year. Oh, maybe it might've been, it, I think it was, it was 1920. Yeah. Honestly, I got no clue. It's, <laughs> uh, real NHL player, Liam O'Brien with the Washington Capitals. Uh, but it, this was two years ago. He didn't star. play last year. So Crosby was the only one. Right. And we have still yet to see since Andrew Desjardins. Number 69. 69. That day, I mean, that day will come, right? Someone will do it. Oh, yeah, definitely. So many more people are doing like stuff for the memes nowadays. Imagine if like Tyler Clevin wears 69 or something. Just, oh, that would fit. I think that, I think that'd look good on him. Anyway. Yep. Um, so, yeah, those are numbers that happened and we will move on. So, we were, we were discussing earlier today, Louie and I, as one, as people do, we discuss. We're thinking, what are the Sens lines going to look like this year? Assuming they make no other changes. We're still holding out hope on Eichel. Every, you know, fingers Please. knocking on wood, fingers crossed. But anyway, so what are the Sens lines going to look like? We made our own little uh, armchair GM kind of things. And mm-hmm. we came to a somewhat consensus, I think. Of yeah. So let's start with goalies. Goalies are easy. Murray is going to start. And Gustafson is going to back up. I don't think there's any debate about that. Phil, uh, yeah, I feel like yeah, Forsberg's going to be there just. For... He'll be because the taxi squad, I believe, is still a thing, is it not? Really? Didn't they say that? Oh, I might have missed that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it could he, be. but even still, he's the third goalie. He'll play and he'll be in the press box, right? And then when there's an injury, he'll come up, or maybe he'll maybe he'll is are they is he on a two way? Oh no, he's on a one way. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, let's be let's be honest. He's been on waivers so often. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Anyway, so Forsberg will be third goalie. Gustafson, so Murray's the starter. 
But do you think it'll be like a 1A, 1B thing, or do you think Murray's just going to start all the time? I think Murray's going to start at the start of this. still adamant about making sure that he's their number one guy and they want to yeah, defend that, that signing and the, the trade for him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I do think by the end of the season, it's like they'll start getting closer because I loved how Gustafson played last year. Yeah, I agree. Again, goalies are voodoo. We don't know if he'll be able to replicate it. Yeah. But... I it'd be nice if he could actually you know because well he still needs an RFA contract doesn't he? He does. I like put him in at like one million for one year just for the sake. Of yeah, I did two years nine hundred k. Okay, exactly. same thing. So so there you go. But well, I mean he'll get signed. That's not an issue. Um, and we'll yeah, see what we'll happens. See if there. it's a one way or not. Well, like they could for do one of the years. We've said this before. I've said this before. They could do the, the cord thing, where they give him a yeah. two or three year contract and like the last year is a one way, so that they're like commit. They're like you are going to be on this team guaranteed in a year from now so that's the incentive but anyway um, i love that that would be good and now we'll move on to the d so this is what we think is going to happen not necessarily what we want to happen the first exactly. pair will be shabbat and zaitsev nothing is good like they why would they change it's they should but yeah they didn't find a partner i mean the partner for thomas shabbat should be Arden Z. but Yes. It, they are. I wouldn't mind seeing Nick Holden get a chance there. He's interesting. Or Mete. I have. So, because it's interesting. When we talked about this, when you put Zeitz at first pair, where is Holden going to go? Because then you go, the left side is, should be Branstrom and Mete are going to be the left side, the rest of that left side. Because they've said that they don't, and you know, Zub is a right D, so Zub's going to be second pair, right D. And then the yeah. third pair, right D, is they, they, DJ Smith has said this. Delzato and Holden can play the right side, right? So yes. that'll be an interchange mix thing where Holden and Delzato should switch and swap until you find the one that fits. Um, but I mean, knowing the Sens, like I wouldn't be shocked if they just don't play one of Mete or Branstrom or they get traded because that left side is like very anti-Sens <laughs> where it's like it's Shabbat, Branstrom, Mete. Small offensive defense. Yeah, defenseman. exactly. Like, and then there's like, I know they love Josh Brown, which is so weird because he's so his role is obsolete on this team. He doesn't, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think that you can you can put him on your. He's just there. He's taking up space. If I as far as I, I think he'll be a healthy scratch, honestly. I wouldn't. I, I'm, they I'm sound like they're anyway. playing. Like what did Smith? He said this right after they traded for. Holden, yeah, he's he's, he's yeah, like he's gonna play with gonna Brown be Delzato or Delzato or, and Brown or something. Yeah, which which would be awful. Then uh, what do bad. you do yeah. with the rest? Because then you definitely have Shabbat Zaitsev. That's a guarantee. And then it's Zub and someone. Zub and either Branstrom or Mete. That'll be Mete, it. It's gonna be Zub, Holden. Zub and either Branstrom or Mete. And then whoever doesn't get there is not gonna play, because then the third pair is Delzato or Mete and Josh Brown. Or Delzato and Holden. Sorry, Delzato and Holden. Delzato and Holden and, and Josh Brown. Yeah, I like Holden, and I think he yeah. should play more, and he should get a chance to play a little higher up. I wouldn't mind I seeing him. Might as well like, give it a shot, either. right? Like he's. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, I mean, I mean, and we also, it should be noted, we have Bernard Docker starting in the AHL. I'll be interested to see what they do with him, just because it's so crowded on D. Like, even if he does get called up, who's coming out? Um, yeah, and who knows? Maybe with the the number change, they're. Uh, I mean, that's what we're because... saying though. Like NHL numbers, like he, they clearly expect him. Like, they see a role for him as, as soon as this year. They wouldn't change his number. So. Um, yeah, dude, just imagine. Like they were just tanking all along. Now it's just Shabbat, JBD, Branstrom, Zoom. Yeah, they were trying to confuse. They were telling like they're being like, yeah, they, these guys are gonna think we have no idea what we're doing, <laughs> and then they're gonna come in like completely <laughs> revamped everything lines. But we'll see. Gustafson is the starter. <laughs> yeah. Murray like, gets everything. traded. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. But we'll move on. We will go to the forwards and the center. Okay, they need us. They need another top six center. We know this, but we're going yes. with the assumption that they will do nothing before training camp. So, which is which seems likely. Which seems likely. Yeah, exactly. So the first line is Kachuk, Norris, and Batherson. I don't think that. Yeah, it's gonna be changed. just with how well they ended up last year. Yeah, I mean, you could you could make the argument that Stutzel could play up there, but I don't. Yeah, but the thing is, I feel like if you're spli- splitting up that line, you're doing it to unite Bathurst and Stutzel on another exactly. line, and then you're putting someone else there. So you're you're keeping Kachuk and Norris yes, together. Yes, you have that. That was fantastic. And so line two is where it gets weird because they don't have another center that can play top six. Colin White can't play top six. Yeah. So I, you can. I mean, if you disagree, say it. I put Shane Pinto on this center line. I agree with uh, with Pinto. Just Stutzla, Pinto, Connor Brown was such a good line yeah, at the end of last year. And yeah, it's it's small sample size, twelve games. But Pinto had seven points in those twelve games, and I know that doesn't paint the whole picture. He's got but, he's got growing to do. He's very young. Yeah, and he, he's reliable defensively. He can take faceoffs. He played on the PK and the PP. He's last playing year. with he's playing with Connor Brown. Who I mean, the Sens like to talk about their veterans. He's a good veteran. That is the even though he's like what twenty seven, yeah, twenty eight or something. But he, that's a guy where I'm totally okay with putting Shane Pinto on that line. And then Stutzel's got a year under his belt. Not that it means much, but he, I don't think. I mean, he'll he'll develop and he'll be fine. I'm not very worried about Stutzel. But then you got I I'm okay with putting Pinto on Brown's line. The third line. The, wait, 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 just be, just before we move on to the next line, one thing that I would be interested in if we don't make any trades is what what if we tried Logan Brown on the second line. He's got to be gone. I know, but if he say, let's say he isn't, we give him one last chance because he played with Duclair and Kachuk and was uh, quite good it was two years ago. Yeah. Very good. You put him with another dynamic player in Stutzla, a somewhat responsible but still decent offensively player in Connor Brown. Yeah. And like those two guys have speed that Brown, I guess, doesn't. And then so, yeah, like, yeah. they can help on the back check and everything. And it'll go great for two games and then Brown will break a finger or something and then <laughs> never play again. So. I, I, it's it's just incredible yeah, the amount of injuries this guy gets. One of the most unlucky, one of the most unlucky players I've ever seen. It's crazy, but uh, we'll see. Maybe Logan Brown makes it. He's not in our mock lineup, but he may make an appearance. No. Um, the third line is Formanton, Hall, and Colin White, which I feel is like a pretty defensively responsible third line with some speed on Formanton on the wing. Um, yeah, they're still pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean Nick Paul can make a play when he wants to. We've seen this. Um, yeah, Colin Wright is he, he'll go one on three on the dump in and four check and just and he'll go know, to town himself. and then Formanton can blow by guys. Colin Wright is there and he's the player who's there who's making money and is on the team for a while, so he's got to play. And that's not that's a line where you're not expecting anything bad to happen when they're on the ice. Honestly, to me, that's a perfect line. Like you don't need anything. I don't mind it at all. And then the four. Okay, it's where it gets fourth line. We got a little. A little wacky with our yeah so chris tierney is there and it is as far as we're concerned not traded right now so he's gonna play at the center on that fourth line austin watson i i don't know if people dislike or like i thought he was great honestly when he was playing austin watson yeah, he was surprisingly good i he was as a as a fourth liner he can play on my team any day. That guy gets in every shot blocking lane. He he scored a nip in the first game. You remember this? Yeah. He scored off a, a great pass yeah. from Braden Coburn. Oh my god, it was crazy. He's like on the right circle, wires it past Anderson, and I'm like, oh my god, we just got a 
25 goal scorer on our team, like <laughs> on the fourth line. But anyway, Austin, and he really kills penalties super well. I have no problem putting Austin Watson on my fourth line. I, I still find it like just exceptional how many shot blocks he gets in front of. And you know, and you like, don't even need to look at the stats. Like, you watch the game, and it's always know. it's always Austin Watson. One thing I will say is it's bad that it's always Austin Watson because Beasley's is playing in his own end all the time. But yeah, I mean, if it's on the penalty kill, different story. But a lot of five on five shot blocks. It is what it is. I, I, I think a lot of guys like him. I have no problem keeping him on my fourth line. Yeah, for sure. It'll keep DJ happy, too. It'll keep DJ happy. Left wing. Okay. Ian Mendez, great reporter for The Athletic, came out with a, I think it was like a mailbag or something. And yeah. was this your question? Yes. Okay. Louis, being the journalistic inquirer that he is, asked Ian Mendez in his mailbag for The Athletic article, what the plan is or the possibility that Ridley Gregg could make the team out of, it was like something like that. Like what's the possibility? I think the full question was um, out of, since there's nothing like, since they're missing a top six piece. Yeah. Which like, and it seems like right now they haven't done any trades anyway. Yeah. So which one of the internal possibilities seem most likely to fill right. in? And I mentioned like Sokolov, Logan Brown, yeah. Greg, Crookshank. And please Crookshank. Yeah. Yeah. Big Crookshank. <laughs> and Ian Mendez said something along the lines of he would not put it out of the realm of possibility that Ridley Gregg makes the team out of camp. They loved him in Belleville. Trent or Troy Mann loved him in Belleville for the, I think yeah. he played like seven or eight. Games. He was very good. He's great. Especially like at the beginning of the year yeah. when the, that Belleville team was just awful. He was like one of the only bright spots there. Yeah. They lost to Laval like five times. <laughs> in the first. Why did we play Laval so often? And they were like, good. The, yeah. It's yeah. always Laval. Always like over Laval. the last three years, every time I look and I get a notification on the AHL app, Laval. always Laval. Never fails. Always Laval. But uh, so I put Ridley Gregg on the fourth line because the type of player that Ridley Gregg is, especially at this age, not, it's not going to put play in the top six, let's be honest. He's a bottom six. He's like a grit grinder, like in your face kind of guy. And he's very young. And we know that with young players, the Sens do not like to rush them in. As we put it lightly, don't like to rush them in. And so you put this guy on the fourth line with some, with who they deem defensively responsible players in Austin Watson and Chris Tierney. Right. And so yeah. he'll, so he'll play and he'll learn because they're good pros, whatever. And he'll play on the left wing, you know, disturb some shit on the ice, as they say. And I think, I mean, I don't know if he's going to make the team out of camp. That'd be pretty cool if we get to see this 19, 20-year-old guy kind of come out of nowhere and, and play some games for the team. And he seems like the kind of player who, who would make it out of camp kind of surprised exactly. just because of the way he plays. And I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't be opposed against it. Like, he, he had a pretty good season with the, uh, with the Wheat Kings. Rams and Wheat Kings, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, his production was pretty solid. I don't have it with me, but it, it was... It was pretty in par with last year, like adjusting for age and everything, mm-hmm. which puts him, I think, at that that like the the production alone put him at like low tier first liner, which is not what he's gonna be. No, but no, no. It, it's nice to see him get that kind of production when the the kind of game that he's being hailed for is skill and grit. Right? Yeah, but yeah, he 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 had some pretty good passing stats last year. Just looking at his analytics, mm-hmm. he had a very good transition game. He's more of a like even though he's a he, I think he played center. In the, in the WHL. Yeah, but, he's listed as like a winger center, I think. Yeah, well, that that makes a little more sense because like his transition was very good 
but more so along the boards than attacking the middle. Yeah, fair enough. We'll see. But yeah, it would be cool. It would be cool to see that him get an opportunity. I think honorable mention Igor Sokolov might make the team at a camp. They he had a fantastic yeah. he had a really good year last year in the A. Um, he was getting better as the year went on. He's also physically, I think, a little stronger just because he's a bit older. So that he's also huge. Yeah, don't, don't, but that's what I mean. Like he's got the size for it, and I think the Sens are going to value that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I I think he'll get it at least at some point this year. I think he'll get a couple games. Um, I I mean, mm-hmm. let's see. I mean, he's got to be on the list of the top call ups there. Pontus Aberg <laughs> might be on the list of top call ups. Um, I think Parker Kelly could get a chance. Yeah, I agree with of- you. Like when, like my my lineup before we did this it was Parker Kelly in that spot instead of Ridley Greg, because obviously he had one of the best courses in the league. No, uh, I mean, um, got to go off the five minute sample size. Yeah, well, I mean, he's the typical hard worker. They like he won the Jonathan Petra twice. Uh, award, at, yeah, twice in a row at Dev Camp, and he just seems like that kind of player. And he looked pretty good oh, in yeah. one game. And I also wouldn't. I I also had Clark Bishop at center over Chris Tierney. <laughs> I would I would be okay with that. I think that I think that'd be fun. Is he still on the team? Yes. He was very good. Yeah, I, he was great. I don't know exactly what his contract is, but he was surprisingly good in that. Because he was like so he was the Lejoie trade. Yes. And and he he brought skill and speed. Yeah, like, he was there. And he was, like I know I noticed him, and that's all you can ask for from a bottom six player I, or a forward at least. I noticed him. I would be okay with that. I, I, I just Chris Tierney is just blocking everyone. He's just like I know. He just is so not. Neat, uh, why is he still here? Like all the respect to Chris Tierney, it's just. I, but, okay, but but seriously, if you're another team, what is an attractive quality of Chris Tierney that makes you say, "I want to trade an asset for that player"? Like honestly, uh, he led the Sens in points two years ago. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Chris Tierney did, did not leave the sense points to you. I swear I thought he did. No, 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 no. I if Chris Tierney led the Sens in points two years ago, I no way. Hold on. Uh, two years ago as in what season? Like 2019-20. He had 37 points. Okay, the year before. He had 48 points. That's the one. So 2018-19 auto centers? Yeah. He let's see. Here we go. Sword for points. Uh, nah, wait. Stone. No, let... no, 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 no. You did no. not lead the team in points that year. 2018-19. Yep. I'm looking at it. He had 48. Shabbat had 55. Duchesne had 58. And Stone had 62. Okay. So not counting players who left. <laughs> and Shabbat. <laughs> and and only looking at forward. <laughs> okay. You got it then. Congratulations. He had the most points on the team. There you go. That's a that's a trade chip if I've ever heard one. That's yeah. That's and a, and he's a he's a human player. He's a human player who exists and can skate, and that's really all you can ask for these days. But uh, and has an incredible back end. I, oh, I assure you. <laughs> beautiful stuff. Just poetry in motion. He can exist on your penalty kill too if you want. Man, I'm just looking at that roster. Oh, that, that was a fun team. Eh? Forty-two different players. You got Max McCormick, <laughs> Andreas Englund, Paul Carey, Jack Rodewall. Max Farino was on that team for a bit. Yeah, you got Brian Gibbons, the legend. Wait, <laughs> Gibbons played <laughs> 20 games, and he was 15th on the team in points. Yeah, this guy is a an, that guy was an animal. He was elite, 14 points in 20 games. The le- he was the legend of Brian Gibbons on that team. <sighs> I would have loved Remember to have Justin him Falk? Oh, yes, of course. Justin There's Falk? the night where we rolled out. 
Justin Fulk, oh. <laughs> Cody Gulliba, Eric Bergdorfer, Cody Cece, ben Stephon Harper. Elliott, ben and Ben Harper. Yeah, oh, and that man. was the worst decor I've ever seen in my life. Never, never it was against anywhere. Nashville, and Magnus PRV had to try to carry the team on offense, mm-hmm. too. It was... So I'm looking at this. Okay, yeah, so Ben Harper got one goal that year. That was against the Sharks. That was a fun goal. Everyone remembers that one. Of course. Jumping into the Russian firing in transition. Yeah, uh, we like we like Twitter around here. Uh, Tom Pyatt was on that team last year. Of course. Two assists in 37 games. <laughs> he was. He also was a minus 16. So there's Tom. Wow, he didn't score in 37 games. I mean, it's Tom Pyatt. What's he gonna do? Yeah, I mean, it's no Bill McCall. You're yeah, right. Cool. Tom Pyatt had the same amount of points as Craig Anderson. Uh, Joey Decord played one game that year. That's a Buffalo game. And if it wasn't for him playing that one game, we probably still have him in the org right now. But we talk about this another time. Yeah, That's we it. don't want to get sad. We don't want to get sad. Um, we also don't want to go too long, and we've wasted enough of your time already as is. So we will say goodbye on this sixth ec- sixth right we're in number six. Yes, number six. Sixth episode of Zoopcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, be sure to subscribe to whatever podcasting service you are currently all listening of to. All of them. Do all of them. Tell your friends. Tell your parents. Tell everybody, really. Just go in next event that you go to. Just screen it. Get people. Yeah, just bring a poster and just go, everybody, please. Please, the Zoopcast. please watch it. Just do it. <laughs> Listen to it. Yep. Anyway, uh, we expect you to do this, and we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. 